Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Jamie. And that's it. No, Sarah, today it's just me. Well, it's not just me. Um, Sarah couldn't be with me this week to record. And so I have a special guest I want to introduce you to. I have my oldest son, Bennett, with me today. Hi, Bennett. Hi. And he agreed to come on the podcast today and talk about none other than books, or specifically a book. So, Bennett, why don't you go introduce yourself, maybe tell us something about you. Uh, I'm Bennett. I'm the oldest child of my mom, and I'm 16, and I did inherit her love of books. I love that. That's like my favorite genetic trait to pass on. And I I do have to say all of my kids have that trait. They all love reading. Um, Bennett particularly is a incredibly quick reader. I can't keep enough books in the house for him to read. Yep. Yep. I'm <laughs> bad. It's not bad. It's great. I'm bored all the time. Mom. Yeah, he's bored all the time. So he'll always say like, there's not a single book in the house to read. And if you, we have a whole library, we built special book, like a library because we have so many books and every room has a bookshelf. We have so many books in the house, but we can't keep enough in the house for Bennett, which is an awesome problem to have. Yeah. So, Bennett, I'm super excited that you're here today. Thank you for doing this. Uh-huh. And when I asked him, I actually expected him to say no. And I thought I'd just try it and then go to my backup. But he said, hmm, I'm not opposed to that. And I kind of went, <gasps> made me really, really happy. So, I'm excited that you're here today. And we discussed... Um, what we would do for this episode. Normally, it would be a what's on your shelf with Sarah. And um, and we could have done that. But we I just threw out a few ideas to Bennett. And one of those ideas was books that made an impact on our lives. Mm-hmm. And he started listing off some books. And we were throwing around different ideas of couldn't kind of decide on one. Um, some of the influential books you said were Hugo Cabret. Yeah, it's... Uh- I think the book that got me into like reading a lot, even though I haven't read it in years and right. I can't remember a thing about it. All I know is that it, the pictures are pretty uh-huh. and it, and it got me into like reading. That's what like you made you love and want to read another book and keep reading and keep or reading. It was the first book that like, I, I liked reading before, but it was the first book that I, I wouldn't say obsessed over, but like, yeah. I couldn't put it down. Yeah. And one to, and so that kind of lit a fire, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I love it. A lit fire of reading. That's my favorite term. And then we talked about Ender's Game. And then Bennett threw out. Did you throw it out? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bennett threw out the book. Do you want to tell him? Uh, Wonder. Wonder by R.J. Palacio. Palacio. I'm slaughtering another name. Surprise, surprise. Um, This book came out 2008 ish pull that up we he i said grab the copy so we can reference it and then i grabbed a copy and he came downstairs with a copy and surprise surprise we have two copies of this book but i actually while he's looking for that date i actually think this is the book i've bought the most i bought it when we first read it um actually you read it your fourth grade teacher read it to the class 
Yeah. I read it before he did. And I'll tell you my story on that in a second. But then his fourth grade teacher read it to the whole class. Mm-hmm. And I was a little nervous about that. I didn't remember it. I didn't remember that until now. Yeah. And I still don't remember. I remember it happened. Though. Yeah, that's okay. But then I bought the book. And I have bought this book so many times because anybody I talk to about this book who hasn't read it, I just, I'm like, here, take it, read it. Borrow it, keep it, whatever you want, and I just keep buying more copies of it. It is probably my most, the book I give away the most to mm-hmm. people because I think everybody, young and old, should read this book. Yeah, would you agree? Definitely, definitely. It's so really well written. Um, did you find a year? Uh, I don't. I think tw- tw- 2012. 2012. Oh, later than I thought. Um, my experience. Well, first of all, Bennett, tell us why. This was a monumental book to you, a book that stood out. Well, uh, I think it it was a book that stood out. It was because I have a cleft palate, uh-huh. which is like, I, I don't know the terms. You know them better than me. I'll explain it. Go yeah. ahead, and then I'll fill everyone in on what that it's means. like a, was born like with like a, what, lack of lip? No. Uh, what would you say? I would say a bilateral cleft lip and cleft palate. Yeah. Like. No roof in my mouth. Uh-huh. Uh, and, like, from, like, the middle of my nose down, there was, like, a huge, like, I'd say, not divot, like a, what was the word? Tear. Yeah. A tear between, like, so I had, like, kind of two upper lips because it was split in half. Yes. So, tip a typical cleft that most people are probably used to seeing is a unilateral cleft lip, meaning there's a cleft on one side of the lip. So you see like, usually you'll see one scar line on the side, Mm -hmm. you know, off, just off from center. It'll be on the left or the right, depending on which side is cleft. Um, But Bennett has a bilateral cleft lip, meaning both sides off the center have a hole. So in other words, his upper lip when he was born was in three sections. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like I heard that before, but that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. forgot about that. So he had... Yeah, three sections of lip. So bilateral, meaning both sides were cleft of his lip. Mm -hmm. And then his palate, which I knew nothing about clefts when he was born. And um, I I wouldn't say I'm an expert now, but I know a lot more. His palate, which is the roof of your mouth. You have a hard palate and a soft palate. If you take your tongue behind your front teeth and then move it along the back to the back of the roof of your mouth – You'll go from a hard section to a soft section. That's your hard palate and your soft palate. Bennett has had a complete bilateral cleft palate, meaning hard and soft palate. So when you have a cleft lip, you can have just the lip. You can have just a cleft palate, or you can have a combination of any of it. So Bennett had a pretty extreme case where it's bilateral lip, mm-hmm. both sides of his lip were cleft bilateral palate, hard and soft all the way back. So without a roof to your mouth, you don't have a floor to your nose. So his mouth cavity was completely open into his navel, nasal cavity when he was born. Yeah. Right? Yep. All the way back. So Bennett relates to Augie. It, I, all the, the things he faced in the book or like all like the troubles is like, I've been like extremely lucky. It's like, I haven't really faced any like neg I mean of course there are challenges and it's still hard but like right. is they're not as extreme as like, right. he faced and also like 
some experience I've just never dealt with, period. Right. So but, Augie's definitely a more extreme birth defect. Uh-huh. Um, I believe he had the cleft lip, cleft palate, but also some other cranial facial abnormalities. Cranial facial meaning cranium and your face um, abnormalities, which Bennett's was lip and palate only. His didn't mm-hmm. affect anything, um, anything else on his head, just those things there. Um, so not to say his is minor. Bennett's got, it has had a big road, had yeah. a big road ahead of him when he was born, but but it's like it is nothing to the extreme that the character Augie's is. No, but it's still life. Like I haven't ever like, like I think one of the I think it's the only book I've read that had uh-huh. representation of it. Uh, of yeah. course, I haven't lo- I haven't looked for representation because. But it's a mainstream book. It's a mainstream book with representation. Yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Representation's so important. I've said this before on here. It normalizes who we are and how we feel and what we do. And I love seeing characters in books that are representing everybody because mm-hmm. everyone deserves some representation. Yeah. And I think I just read a meme today that says everybody deserves to see themselves as a protagonist. And I, I, I couldn't agree a hundred percent with that. Mm-hmm. And especially um, as a mom to see that my child is represented in a book was very heartwarming. And what I love also about Wonder is not just Augie was represented, but his family members because And some of his friends. And some of his friends. Yeah. Like that it gives the perspective yeah. of everyone in the sphere of Augie. Of his influence, yeah. Of his influence. And it doesn't just affect Bennett, what he's been through. I have a story. My husband has a story with it, and Bennett's siblings have a story with it. We are all in this together, and we all have a different perspective on it. And that, when I read that from in this book, I had representation as a mom of a child with a birth defect. And that was very heartwarming to me. But I also got to maybe see into a little bit of what Bennett's brother and sister might experience because he has a younger brother and a younger sister, how this might affect their lives um, with the needs and the attention that are sometimes given to Bennett with different surgeries and things. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you say? Yeah. I, I don't really know you, how, how they view it. No. And we don't know for sure, but that's what books bring. It gotten, gives us an idea. Yeah. We've gotten to the point, like we're at a great point now where it's not it, the like stuff out. It's not a huge part of my life. Right. There's still, like surgeries planned for the future, but we have had most of the huge surgeries already done, like for right. a couple of years ago. Like, I'd say the last one was, I want to say like four. Do you know how many surgeries you've had? No. <laughs> People ask me that question all the time. Um, and I don't know exactly either, but in the ballpark of probably 12. Yeah. Right? Nowhere near the like 27. That yeah. Through, Is that what it is? I, you have a good memory. <laughs> I literally looked, like read it, started reading it like again two days ago. Yeah, and that's the thing that popped into my head. Like I was wondering how much, how many I had. Yeah, but I'd say around twelve. Um, you've got another one that's um, we're in the process of scheduling right now, and there'll be a few more as his face. And the reason so many, and each surgeon does it differently. But as Bennett grows up and his face matures, we want to make sure that everything is equally growing. And sometimes parts of the lip or the nose don't grow at the same rate as others when we're looking at um, 
cleft lips and cleft palates. So we want to make sure everything's equal. And so there's revisions to be had as you grow older. And there's certain surgeries that are done better at a certain age or certain phase than others. Um, and, and like I said, each surgeon kind of looks at it differently. Um, his original surgeon, surgical group we were with, went about it a very different way than the surgical group we're with now. Mm-hmm. And so it just, I if you're a parent or you're looking into surgeons for this, I would say shop around. You don't have to just go with the one that's closest. There are a lot of different surgeons and a lot of different methods for Mm-hmm. repairing and um, treatment for cleft lips and cleft palates. So anyway, so from there, let's, and please listeners, if you have questions, if you, um, we are super open to questions. I have no qualms about talking about yeah. it or explaining things. Like I'm not, it. I get, I have no trouble talking about it whatsoever. Yeah. Bennett's pretty awesome and amazing and he's very intuitive and self-aware and so if you have questions, when he was born, my husband and I both just said, okay, we're going to take the route of education and and answer questions. And, and it hasn't always been easy. There are questions that are that have been difficult or things that have been said that have been hard to hear um, from well-meaning people. But at the same time, that's growth. And that's, um, I can say, you know, nobody knows a question that, or a comment that's going to be hurtful unless I say, hey, you know what, that was maybe a little bit hurtful. And this is why. So we've learned as we've gone to use our voice to educate. Mm -hmm. So ask us your questions, send us your questions, we're happy to answer them. Um, And know that we you can't offend us, right? We've Unless you are actively well, trying to. <laughs> yep, don't but, actively try to. But if you have a genuine question, if you ask it. You won't offend us on accident. Right. Right. And even if you try to, we'll just ignore you. Yeah. And true. So, we yeah. we don't have to respond. We no. can ignore, right? That's but a if, that's a good lesson. So Bennett, tell me what what would you like people to know about um having a cleft lip, cleft palate? I'd say uh I don't really know. Like, I've that's all I've experienced, and like, it's it like my life isn't similar enough to like what like stereotypical life of a kid, mm-hmm. or a teenager. Like, the only difference is like more personality wise. I think I think I have a lot. My personality my personality has changed a lot because of the surgeries and stuff. Like, I'm very introverted. Mm-hmm. I think I I don't maybe because like I had to adapt because I had to be like not alone a lot, but also but I've never been able, but not never I have but when recovering from a surgery I've had to like uh not been able to do as much stuff. Yeah, so he had a couple two surgeries that had really big recoveries where he had to be really careful that ended up not having any impact at all, <laughs> and unfortunately, um, they both failed over mm-hmm. the long term. So. Um, yeah, two cool scars from it, though. Two cool scars. So he had two bone grafts where they took bone from his hip and put into... So if you have a cleft palate, you also have a cleft jawbone on your upper. So, well, not always, but Bennett does. So one side didn't have bone, and we, the other side where the cleft was had just a little bit. So they took bone when you were about six, right? Right after kindergarten. 
Yeah. Six, almost seven. They took bone from his left hip mm-hmm. and put it into his jaw line. And then that is a really long recovery because you want the bone to uh, graft. And if it gets bumped, if it gets an infection, anything like that, then the bone disintegrates and it doesn't graft to the bone that's already there. Yeah. It originally took and then over time disintegrated. Yeah. And I will say the recovery is really bad because not only is like you, not only do you can't, I can't really walk for the first little bit. Your hip was the painful part. The most painful part. Yeah. Like, of course, like my face was sore, but. Uh The hip hurt a lot because to walk on. Uh huh. So I remember having to be like having to like get good at crutches sometimes or like being carried. Mm-hmm. And but I mean, I, I can deal with pain. I've, I'm. It's not. I don't like it, but it's painful because <laughs> pain is that. But but I've, you handle I've, it very I've, well. I can I can handle it like pretty well. It's I it, I know like it's not going to be permanent, and I can adapt to it but i think the worst part was i couldn't have solid foods for a while yeah so he was which, on a liquid diet and then a soft food diet which i think didn't help at all they already me already being very picky <laughs> but it's a very picky eater and he's also very thin and has always been very thin underweight oh and yeah so you take a kid who's picky and then tell him everything has to be put in a blender and and all, or like mashed potatoes with still to the day, I don't enjoy mashed potatoes. It's ruined a lot of foods it, for him. I, I remember enjoying them a lot, but like, and I can still, and I'll eat it now, like, if like you made them. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like go to like a restaurant and order them because like it, it's, I'm indifferent towards them. Yeah. And prefer not to eat them, although with Swedish meatballs, it's super good. <laughs> Certain things make it okay. So he had to have that surgery when you were six, and then he re- had to have it done again around like fifth grade. Uh huh. In fifth grade, and that time, the first time he did it during the summer, so he didn't miss any school, but he missed his whole summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second time, he had to miss the first two months of school. Uh huh. I at least got, and yeah, yeah. So that was rough before the pandemic and online school was a thing. Mm-hmm. We had been at using one of the. It's like a. It's like a Segway, segway robot with an iPad attached to it. Like, yes, I mean, if any of you have seen Modern Family. They have one of these on Modern Family where they can you can control it from home from the computer. So Bennett would ride around this Segway with an iPad with his face on it which, at school. Yeah, which is like it, I, I kind of don't think about that anymore. <laughs> but like that is a really weird thing. Yeah, especially for a bunch of fifth graders. And like, so and I forget I do that, but still to this day, like people who like who like I who are at that school in fifth grade, yeah. they say, "Oh wait, you're the you're the guy with the robot." I'm yeah. Like, it's been so long. <laughs> they remember it. That's yeah, so he could talk with friends, and sometimes some friends would stay in from recess and sit and visit with you. And which made things awkward. Yeah, I I appreciate. But it was it. some sort of connection to school when you couldn't be there for such a long period of time. Uh, I will say though, like Miss Lynn listened. helped a lot with her coming. Oh yeah, and then coming like right. coming like, like kind of tutoring me from home because I know. I have ADHD, wasn't really medicated in fifth grade, and I already had a hard time paying attention in class. Yeah. I was definitely probably reading <laughs> yeah. the whole so, time or, like, d- d- not paying attention at all. Right. So we had home and health um, 
So his teacher, his fifth grade teacher, was able to come once a week and bring all his homework and go over any instruction with him or um, mm-hmm. all his work and help him stay caught up while he was gone. So he had some awesome teachers, awesome friends. School worked great with it. Mm-hmm. Um, very unique. So the surgeries have been hard. Yeah. What's the, besides eating soft foods for so long, what was another hard thing about surgeries or something that you dread about surgeries? Uh, it's gotten to the point, like, I've had so many that, like, I don't, no, I, no one likes surgeries. It's, yeah. But I've gotten, like, indifferent towards them. Like, I, I'm not scared of hospitals. Like, like yeah. I know some people who have many surgeries don't like being there. I don't like being in a hospital. But I also don't care. It's like, become normal. It's become normal. And yeah. Which I, I don't like that it's become normal because like it shouldn't right. become. It shouldn't normal, be for a kid. But it's, to think the hospital is normal. But but it is. It, for it a was lot a way for adapting. Yes. So like it it would have been a lot harder if I was constantly like terrified of it. Yeah. So I'm glad it like it got normalized at one point. Right. And I think the hardest part, not the hardest, but one of the ways it most impacted my life is that I'm. Like, I don't know if this is, I was already kind of like, not introverted, but like a homebody. Uh-huh. Like, I, before, I think, like, I enjoyed being at home. Yeah. And, but with surgeries, like, it's gotten like, I don't, I, I'm way more comfortable alone at home. I think you spend a lot of time healing and recovering. And yeah, that's and, affected. And that's affected now. Like, it, I, I feel more, I have a harder time going out. Yeah, so I, would you say it's similar to Augie um, being homeschooled? Uh, the fact that he was kept home until junior high. Would you compare it at all with that? Like, has does it have anything to do, you wanting to be home, does it have anything to do with being self-conscious? I'm not self-conscious at no. all. Other than, like, the things I'm self-conscious about isn't, like, like Is appearance it? or the okay. soft palate at all. It's more like... I don't care if I embarrass myself, but I know I don't want to embarrass others or, like, make other people uncomfortable. Yeah. Which I know, I know that, like, I, I do, I had to have the opposite effect, but I still can't, that's one thing I'm self-conscious about, is, like, personality, not, not, not appearance or anything. Appearance. I would say that's very true, too. You worry more about actions and what you say Mm -hmm. than what you look like or... Bennett is extremely empathetic. And so he is always concerned about the people around him. And he would, he would hate to ever offend someone or even if it was like he didn't mean it and was joking around, but someone took it the wrong way. I think you're always worried about that and wondering if, oh, did they take that the wrong way? Did they? I think what's helped a lot recently, Mm -hmm. because like, is that, because I know I overthink a lot. And yes. Kind of anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think say the thing that I, and then deal with the repercussions afterwards. Cause like I, with friends and stuff, they, I've built up a reputation of never like, of not, of being a, a nice person, like very kind. Right. And, but so I think most people know when I'm joking. Yeah. Or when I'm being sarcastic. I think something. something that you've worked really hard on is not worrying about what you say, but say it. And then, and then if, if, if somebody says, Hey, that was rude. You can apology. apologize. Yeah. That, yeah. Instead of not ever saying anything because you're worried of offending, mm-hmm. you've worked really hard on that. Yeah. It's, Bennett is a great friend. 
Yeah. I'm a mom that gets to brag about that. He is very kind. And I get to brag to my friends about you. They think you're great. (laughs) How great to have a teenager that brags about his mom. I'll take it. Or uh, maybe it's not brag, but they're like, your mom's the craziest. I always make for a good story. Okay, good. I'll take that. Um, Something that stood out to me from the very, very beginning. So I read this book when I was on a plane. Mm-hmm. And I was by myself, and somebody had recommended it to me. I knew nothing about it. Nothing. nothing. Not a single thing. And so I had no idea that I had was going to have such a connection with this book. So mm-hmm. I'm on the plane, heading on vacation, open it up, and I start reading. And um, immediately I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, this hits home. And very quickly in the book, I found myself crying uncontrollably on the plane by myself. And I had to put the book away and wait till I was in the hotel to finish reading it later because the representation, it Mm -hmm. was so my story, like I could, I knew what they were talking about. And, um, and one of the things that I think really hit me the most is when they when they're talking about um, when he was born, the mom telling the story of when he was born, mm-hmm. which a the farting nurse, hilarious. I completely forgot about it, although yep. I didn't realize till now. <laughs> I love that so much. I don't know how I forgot about it. I don't it's know if like, I. That it kind of makes it more human, yeah. I guess, because like. So realistic. Yeah. Yeah. When Carter was born, so Carter is Bennett's younger brother. When Carter was born, he, we had a nurse that was, um, that kind of looked like a troll. She had some chin hair and facial hair and super, super hairy arms. And she was really short. And anyway, and I, and I'm not, I don't want to tease or make fun of her because honestly, she was the greatest nurse I could have had. Mm -hmm. But when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like the nurse that took care of me when Carter was born. And she was so fantastic because for a cleft lip, you can, it's one of the things they look for on the anatomy scan at 20 weeks when you're pregnant at 20 weeks. I did not know that when I was 20 weeks along. I just thought the, um, Ultrasound was to find out if it's a boy or a girl. I had no idea all the other things they were looking for mm-hmm. and all the things that could be wrong. I was clueless. But they did the anatomy scan and everything was normal and fine. They for didn't find a... Carter or me? For you. Okay. They did not, which they look at the lip. They took a picture of it. They say the bow is there. They look for a bow on the lip that shows that it's complete. Um, and then I had to have a second why would a, ultrasound. Why would a ribbon be in your belly? A ribbon? Yeah, why? A what? <laughs> like a hair bow? Yeah. That, <laughs> a I, bow like I'm a bow and arrow. I'm aware. The that, <laughs> then I, it's I, witty and funny like that. I wouldn't say funny. <laughs> but Anyway, so it, then the second scan, they did a scan again. Again, nobody caught it. So when Bennett was born, I didn't know. We were surprised. We did not know when he was born that he was going to have a cleft lip. Mm-hmm. So with Carter, of course, we did extra, extra scans to see so that we were prepared. We were now more prepared because we've done it once. We knew what to do, but we just wanted to know what to expect. They can't see the palate on an ultrasound, but they mm-hmm. can see the lip. So they had done the lip scan, really, really intense lip scan with Carter. So we knew his lip 
was not cleft, but there was no guarantee that meant he didn't have a cleft palate. And so when he was born, and I had talked to the nurse about that concern. And so when he was born, she immediately checked the roof of his mouth and said, you know, was like, Mom, don't worry, everything's good. There is a complete roof to his mouth where you're good. And so she was just so sweet. But I there was a um, there was in this book when she's talking about the farting nurse, I was like, oh, those nurses are so memorable. And so uh, I'm so appreciative of them. But so the farting like nurse all the, made me the laugh. Memorable nurses are like the kindest, but also there's something that makes you remember them. Yeah, they stand. That just stood out to me about her. So, um, but when the mom talks about when she went, they had all prepared her for meeting Augie, what he looked like so that she wasn't shocked. And she went in and um, the first thing she noticed was how pretty his eyes were. And that is exactly, Bennett had these and he still does huge blue eyes. I just remember being so scared. Mm-hmm. I was very scared because it was such a shock. We didn't know he was going to have a cleft. It was scary. Our hospital experience, his birth story was all and dad chaos. My husband wasn't there. He came 20 minutes after Bennett was born. I still and- him for that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but um, I just remember being terrified until I saw your beautiful eyes. And then I knew, like, as scary as this journey was going to be, those, the most beautiful eyes and the sweetest, sweetest baby, that no matter what it was, we were going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it was still scary. I'm not saying that there wasn't fear continually. Oh, no. That first year was rough. But he, his eyes, when she mentioned locking onto those eyes and how beautiful they were, I totally, that was where I burst into tears on the airplane. And that's like three pages into the book. <laughs> like, like it didn't take much for me to be like a mess. So I think hearing the perspective of the mom was really important for me mm-hmm. because I had a lot of guilt after because I didn't have that beautiful loving birth story. And I was like, what kind of mom are you? Why are you so scared? You're a great mom. Well thank you. I appreciate that. But afterwards, I felt guilt because mm -hmm. I didn't have those stories you hear other women talking about and that love at first sight and this warmth and blah, blah, blah. No. I feel like you just said the beautiful eyes. I feel like that is the. And it was. That is my beautiful part of my story, huh? Maybe I wasn't realizing. It's probably not as good. Probably not as, like, I'd say, not as strong. Of course not. More like you focused on one part, I guess. Yes. And I think that was the important part at that time is I was living minute by minute, not mm-hmm. even day by day, because what needed to be done this minute, because there were a lot of medical complications, there were a lot of things to prep surgeries for and things to do, things to learn were all thrown at me and you were premature, all thrown at me at once. And so it was all too much if I thought even about 10 minutes, it was like minute by minute at first. And then as time went on, I could extend that to a couple minutes to 10 minutes to mm-hmm. um, an hour. Uh, but that was really difficult. It was difficult. The first year was very difficult. But um, I learned a lot about clefts that first year, mm-hmm. that first week of your life. Despite <laughs> all we learned, learn. we still don't know how to spell palate. <laughs> Every time I look it up. I know. It's like impossible. Like, (laughs) Why can't I get that one? Neither can I. Like, I don't use the word that (laughs) much. That's so true. Like, 
Whenever I have to fill out a form that says surgeries and I have to put down cleft palate repair, I have to look up palate. Yeah, it's like... Every time. It's weird to me as well, because, like, I can spell other words. Right. Like, I think more complicated words. I think Wednesday is harder to spell than palate. (laughs) And we get that one fine every time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um... I kind of also wanted to touch on the fact that Augie always wore a mask when he was little. Mm -hmm. And the reasons, what are your thoughts on that? The fact that he um, always wanted to wear a mask. Like a space helmet. He had, yeah, he had a helmet on that covered his whole head. Mm -hmm. And and why do you think? I think, like, I don't, like, from what I've, like, when I read the book, I don't think he's, like, ashamed of what he looks like. I think it's more like he doesn't want to see other people's reactions to what he looks like. Like, he doesn't want to, like... Like, he knows what he looks like. Right. And he's so very he know, aware. He's aware, like, oh, I, I know it's not, like, people aren't going to be shocked, but, like, he doesn't want to see the, like, looks of pity or, mm-hmm. like, worse, like, what is, like, fear. Right. Because, like, I think when I was, tried rereading it, I got to, like, the point where, like, he told, he tells, like, an account of, like, when he was at the playground. Uh-huh. And he wasn't paying attention, but, like, he, other people were making fun of him. Uh-huh. Like, he was a young child. You're very like, aware, right? Yeah, yeah. He he wasn't in that point, but looking back on it, like, and just, like, his older sister's reaction to that. Uh-huh. So. Have you had experience like that when you know someone's looking and this is, so for me, I'll just tell you, this is, as a mom, this was one of the hardest things is to notice other people looking and being, whether, I mean, kids especially, and kids are just curious. Oh, I, But adults too, they think they're looking and they're being incognito with it, but they're not. No. And I notice it and I get, you can't help but just be like, come on. Just ask a question. Don't just mm-hmm. stare. If like, you're interested, ask us questions. We'd love to talk about I think it. That's one reason. Like, like I, I like kids are great because like they either like will ask questions because they're genuinely curious, or they make a hilarious remark. Because yeah. like I don't, I don't care as long right. as like they don't. I know kids don't aren't trying to be like hurtful about it. Right. I've never had anyone try to be hurtful about it. I've never like experienced like. You've never experienced bullying or teasing no. because of well, it? If I have this, I highly doubt I have. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, and I don't think this has been happening, but if I have been bullied, it's always been behind my back. You're not aware. It's never to my face, which I don't think I'm being bullied in the first part. First right. place, like, I think, like, evidence for this, people who I have no idea who they are, mm-hmm. they know my name and say hi to me in the halls, and I always feel weird. That you feel like people know who you are. People know do you think who that I has am. something to do with your cleft because no. they recognize you because of the cleft? No, because like this happened most often like during the pandemic where we all had wear masks. So, oh, that's a good point. Which, like, and they rec- they just recognize me and say hi. Yeah, and, like with a mask on, I- even without a mask on, I've had like friends who were surprised when they heard I have a cleft palate because like because you've had a mask on. Like, I didn't even or, think of that. Or even just like they've never noticed the scar. Yeah, I think. At most, like, I do know, like, very slight lisp. Uh-huh. But, and, like, so, like, I think that gives away a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, mainly, like, even saying that. Yeah. 
But like you still have a hard time with S's. S's, yeah. Like it's and so like it's I don't I I think it's like kind of the point where like definitely understandable. You can understand what I'm saying. Oh, I all, can unless I mumble. Understand. But like back to wearing a mask for the pandemic. Did you meet people during the year that then you saw later without a mask on, and they were like, "Whoa, I didn't know you had a." Well, uh, did that like, happen at all? No, no, not really. I didn't even think about because like I did like make a lot of new friends this year. Yeah. But they're all, most of, like, almost all of them are people I've met. That you had known I've before. known of. And a lot they of- They knew who you were. They know, well, of me. Yeah. Probably not, like, like, a lot of them were are in band with me, or I've had, like, are in band, or, or in percussion with my friends, or, like, yeah. I've seen them around school. Okay. So, like, and, like, I've had, talked to a couple of them before. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're, they're great. But, like, I think just the- they were all aware but, of what but, you looked like before. Yeah, I don't think like it, it's not a shot. Like what I look like now, it's not bad at all. No. Like it's like very unnoticeable, or it looks different mm-hmm. from other people and like unsymmetrical. But it's not like unsymmetrical. Like it's but like Scar isn't ever noticed. Like noticeable to the point where people like asking questions about it. Yeah, I think um, for me with that and me noticing other people staring. Um, that is one thing I wished is that people, if they were interested, mm-hmm. that they would just say, hey, I see you have a scar on your lip. Can you tell me about it? And we would love to talk about it. And I always give Bennett the option. Do you want to talk about it? And he'd say yes or no. And I said, is it okay if I talk about it? And you sh- when you were younger, you'd say you can talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Mainly and there were a few times. It's not because like I'm self-conscious about it. We're just, I don't like talking to people. Yeah. And yeah, still don't, but I'm a lot better at it now. And I think there, most kids who asked you, you were fine talking about it, but there have been a few people that I remember that kept asking you and asking you, and you were like, I don't know this person. They don't care about me, and I'm annoyed by them, so I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I remember there was a girl in kindergarten that really bothered you, and I was like, well, maybe if you just told her, you she would leave you alone, and you were like, Nope, I don't want to. And I totally support you on that. Like, I don't remember this at all. Yeah. No, if but, I would never make you if you weren't comfortable with it. And I would always ask if you're comfortable if I tell them about it. And um, for the most part, you always said yes. But I loved being asked questions. Who doesn't want to talk about their kid? Yeah. So please ask me rather like- than stare and let your kids, parents, let your kids ask someone with a disability or something that might look different. Let them ask them mm-hmm. because it's always better. Like yes, it's like I know people have done have had like worse one worse experiences than me. Yeah, I'll know that. I'm not discounting my own. I'm just it's uh just the truth. Like it, I've had like it's had. I think it has impacted my life, but like right. not to the extent as other people's. Right, which I'm very grateful for. Yeah, but like even like a little bit, it's always better to ask the question than to like. I'm in my head a lot, so I don't really notice why other people stare anymore. Right. But, like, I can definitely understand, like, it's a lot better to, like, for them to ask, get out of their head. Right. Than, like, them looking and then just not. Yeah. It, and then sh- just sitting and wondering, what is yeah. that? What is that? Instead of, and it's a human, it's a boy. Me. Yeah, it's making, they're making, like, assumptions yeah. about me without asking. Right. Which assumptions are bad most yeah. of the time. Let's get facts. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's weird. Yeah, I like, agree. I understand why I've definitely had like, like don't want to ask for fear of like putting other people in an uncomfortable position. Mm-hmm. 
And so, but I'd say like the best thing is just like just ask if just it's ask. it's always better to ask and then apologize afterwards than to like build up a fake uh, idea of someone. Absolutely, I think this goes for a lot of things in oh, life, yeah. huh? Not just someone Not, with a cleft or anything. It's anything, like, yeah. If you have let's a, get to know each other, yeah, and learn about each other and build connections and mm-hmm. whatnot, right? Yeah. But sometimes I also know that that some on the other side, it feels awkward or feels intrusive to be like, hey, tell me why you're in a wheelchair, you know, yeah. things like that. Like it goes for every disability or ability, anything you want to know about. It, it can be scary to go out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and you never know if someone wants to talk about it or not, or if it's going to offend them or not. But I would say go on the side of ask. Yeah. And if they're offended, you did nothing wrong by asking. As long as you're asking from a good place. Yeah. A place of love and concern and you want to know more about. And we'll see though if they're, if it, in in the book, if if you are going to ask the question, be as unhostile as possible. Yeah. Like, because one of the characters in the book, Julian, Uh he's like, I think there was a sequel to this book, right? Or like another book. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been a couple. There's been one about Julian, uh-huh. and also one about all the precepts. The precepts. I got yeah. that word right. Cool. Good job. <laughs> I was I didn't know that for I completely blanked on the word because I'm glad I got that right. But like, yeah. so like reading the one about Julian, like it, like just reading this book, like you kind of hate him. Yeah. It's like he's kind of like a passive aggressive jerk, yeah. or like just not openly a jerk, or openly but not like uh he was more hurtful than helpful. Right. And stuff. But also like He was doing it for the he was being his friends his for the friend wrong at first reason. for the wrong reasons. But like But he was his friend but didn't want to admit to other people yeah, maybe that he, he was, really was his friend. Yeah. Or he was even scared. to himself. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. So I think but like if you are going to ask a question, don't like he said like, hey what's up with your face? Were you in a fire or something? Yeah. Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> not the right way. Not the right way. Just don't make an assumption. Yeah. In your question, just like, hey, uh, don't say like, what's the deal? Like, yeah. What what's a good way to word it? Like, what would be a good way to word it, Bennett? I, if someone came to you and said, "Hey, I noticed you have a scar on your lip. What happened?" Or yeah, would like, that be okay? What happened? Yeah, what happened? You're like, I see your scar. You've had some surgeries. That looks where, like where where does the scar come from? Or like. Yeah, so, like asking like a polite way. Yes, not absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Don't be like blank. Not don't be like blunt is is fine sometimes, but like never like add an assumption as well to the question. Like that right. makes it worse. Come from a place of wanting to be educated and wanting to know more about this person. Mm-hmm. That this is a person, not just a scar. Yeah, that you want to know about mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, good point. Like, I think, like, where'd the scar come from? Uh, right. Yeah. I've had people say to me things like, so it looks like your son's had some surgeries. Tell me about it. And that, that's a good, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I've had people um, say, hey, it looks like you and I have some similarities. I have a grandchild with a cleft or think, you know, bring it up by making a connection. And that's good. Mm-hmm. We've met some really sweet little babies and it's sweet weird. friends that are going through the same thing or have gone through the same things that we have. Mm-hmm. And, and those are really very special friends. I think it's like nice being in the position to help other people yes. and with this experience. Cause like 
Did you guys, I don't think you guys had anyone. We didn't know anybody. Um, so our help came from the doctors, the coordinators, mm-hmm. all of our clinicians um, were the only ones that we really um, got our information and support from, which was great. And we were well supported and family and friends, but we didn't know anybody that had had a cleft, anybody close to us that had a mm-hmm. cleft themselves or a child with a cleft. And so um, when I hear, you know, I get phone calls every once in a while or texts that'll say, hey, my niece or my granddaughter or my daughter's friend just found out um, that their baby has a cleft. And I, and it's hard because immediately my first reaction is excitement, which. Which shouldn't, it's. It it makes me feel bad, like excitement, but like, also like you need to help people. Absolutely. Always a good feeling. I feel like there's going to be a connection, but then I also just. Make life easier for people. There is such a sweetness in these babies. Like if you're, we've been in a lot of waiting rooms, doctors, waiting rooms, mm-hmm. hospital, waiting rooms. And we've been around a lot of other families with well, children with speaking of waiting rooms. I will say, uh, I may not have a problem with hospitals. Waiting rooms are the worst. Like <laughs> they, they put, they, they like give me like, a, it's like a, put me on edge a little bit. Yeah. Like I can't relax. Yeah. I think waiting rooms are difficult and great for two different reasons. I, you see kids with all different abilities mm-hmm. and you can't help but feel like, oh, I understand or I understand and I can give you help or our case isn't that bad which compared to me, and then you feel guilty. But like it sometimes you need and to I, like and I feel bad about that sometimes. But I, then at the same time, there are other babies there that so this is this is a a hard thing to explain and why I get excited when people tell me that, you know, they know someone whose baby they've just gotten the cleft diagnosis. I get a little bit excited because when you were born, it was very stressful and you had your first surgery at four months old where they repaired your lip. So Mm -hmm. before they repaired your lip, you had your lip looked like a little bird. I mean, it's just, it's, what? I've like never a little heard. bird. That's weird. Yeah, because you it was almost like a little beak. You had three sections of your lip. The middle section oh. was almost like a little beak. Like like kinda like the hook kind of. Yeah. Thing. Like okay. I and can so see that. it was like a little bird. You were just like a little bird and um when they fixed the it and repaired one. it. Yeah, you were very hairy when you were born. That's because you were preemie. Um after your lip was fixed, I remember seeing you in the recovery room and I had fallen in love with my baby with this little bird face Mm -hmm. and your face was different. And that was hard. I didn't realize, and I wasn't prepared for the heartache of not having that baby face that I originally fell in love with. Or like, you just look different. Yeah. And and it it was good. And you to like, look like, it's not like different as in like, growing up how your face slowly changes it's like it was a drastic drastic difference making you realize like oh wait we still have a lot to go it was a drastic difference and it was just it was my same baby but it wasn't my same baby yeah and so i didn't realize how much i would miss the baby before surgery that little face those little lips and so when I see another baby in a waiting room. I just want to hold them and cuddle them because it reminds me. It's almost like I should have held and kissed you one more time before surgery. And I didn't realize how much I'd miss it. And that seems weird because like it's you better. want it fixed and yeah. it was better for you to but, have it fixed. Yeah. But there was nothing wrong with you in my eyes. Like <laughs> that was my baby. And then it was such a drastic change. So that's um, 
I just love seeing little babies with clefts because it reminds me of you mm-hmm. before. And you're still really cute after. Aww. You're I adorable. Am, I am adorable. <laughs> I'm glad you're humble, too. Hmm? What's that word? What does that mean? <laughs> oh, never that, that means you're full yourself, right? That's, right. that's what that's I you. know. That's yes, you. No, I am appreciative of this author that wrote something that um, is underrepresented. Yeah. And gave a loving character that will make it um, less scary to approach someone who they see that is different. Because mm-hmm. they've met Augie in this book. I think readers have fallen in love with Augie. And I think as children, teenagers, adults approach someone who maybe looks different, my hope is that they'll reflect on this book and realize that's a person. Mm-hmm. too, and that um, deserves love and will give love and just wants to be like everybody else. Their personality isn't dictated by what they look like. It's absolutely. Like, it's... Yep. Let's not judge. Uh, yeah, no, Let's get to know people. Not great. Yeah. So, anyway, do you recommend it? Yes. How, out of five stars, how many stars would you give it? Five? Five out of five here, too. Absolutely. And say, like, one, like, a, a really good book. Like, yep. it's like, now remembering that they did read in the class, I think it's the first time I can think back of, like, reading fa- ahead of <laughs> yeah. that. You like, couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. For, like, she, she was going too slow. It, you had it's to still read. a problem. It's, yeah. <laughs> Bennett's a really, really fast reader. Not he doesn't just love to read. No. He reads really fast. Like he can finish a book in a day, maybe two. If it, it all depends on how good the book is, or and like how engaging. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I will say uh, the Kindle is great, mm-hmm. but Kindle Limited has uh, does is a double edged sword. I now I'm reading way more. A lot book, a lot of books. Because they're just immediate. They're, they're right immediate, there. and I can, like, when I finish a book, I can pick up another one. But at the same time, I'm also given the ability to just, like, oh, I hit a slow spot in this book. Let me go to another one. You start a lot of books. Start and you a don't lot of finish. books, and I don't finish, and I yeah. hate that. That's not a bad skill, though, because sometimes like, I just finished a book that I was like, I should have just quit halfway through. Mm-hmm. I sit and hold on to, like, it's going to redeem itself. It's going to redeem itself. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it doesn't. So I don't think that's a bad skill to be but, able to like, stop a book. Even if it's, but like, a lot of books, like, they're really good that yeah. I've been reading. But, like, of course, not all books are going to be great all the time. Right. I'm not saying there's going to, like, some books have, like, a really bad thought. Just it's slower and, like, less engaging Yeah. to me personally. Other people will find that part engaging. Everyone's different, different tastes and stuff. Yeah. But when it hits a part that is less interesting for me, I... Don't I hate that I do it, and I try not to, but there have been times where I'm like, I just want to be engaged in a book right now, so then try to find another one. Yeah. But... I get it. Um, so, five stars. You highly recommend it. I mm-hmm. highly recommend it. This is a book for all ages. Your elementary kids, this would be a great read aloud as a family. Um, junior high, high school, grandma, this would be a great gift for anyone. So, if you haven't read Wonder... Pick it up and read it. Recommend it to someone. Also, give it away to someone. It's one of the film adaptation. It's one of the best adaptations from a book. Yes, like it. It it, it was different, but also like 
they didn't mention the shoes as much. Like, and I which, really like the principal's shoes. Yeah, like that, his attention to the shoes. Yeah, that like was that like too. a good, like quirky detail. They yeah, did that in the movie, but like it brought a lot of the, it brought a lot of like the energy or like just it was a good ad- adaptation. And it, I agree. Sur- I was a little scared for it. It's uh-huh. like it's gonna be bad. Like right. Art of the Spell. <laughs> I knew that was gonna be a right hard movie to make and they ruined it yeah so, so definitely the book is better yeah but the movie is well done it's they're both really good yeah i, would, I agree i'd say like read the book first yep and always. then the movie but the and movie then, is good and then read the movie watch watch <laughs> read the movie you could put subtitles on and read along yes <laughs> but like um so besides wonder something we always ask um sarah and i when we talk to other people is Who's your favorite author? Who's your favorite book? Or what? Who's my favorite book? Who's your favorite book? What's Mm. your favorite book? Or what's on your shelf? What have you been reading lately? I can't tell you. (laughs) Again, I I focus more like when looking at books, I look at the descriptions of them now rather than the title. Because like, well, didn't you just buy one at the bookstore? I did, and I forgot about it. Like I I haven't read it yet. I I, I got halfway through, but like. It's good. It's a good book. It's the same author as another book you've Scythe. read. Scythe, Scythe is a really good book. Okay. So series. you really but, like that series. Yeah. It, you liked Scythe and this new book by the same author. Did you like it? I, I, I can't remember the I'm name enjoying it. it so far. So far. You're not yeah. finished. Not finished. Anything else? I will say my, you asked favorite author. Yeah. And I'd say other favorite book series, books, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I will say the best book series I've read recently is a series called superpowers 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 yes okay do you know who do you remember who it's by it's uh drew hayes drew hayes good he's, you recommend it yeah he's like an, i'd say indie author kind okay. of okay like self-published from awesome what i remember from what i remember but he has like he's an amazing author sweet and like a, a lot of like my recently favorite books are by him or by him mm-hmm. cool that's an excellent recommendation. Um, Bennett, I just want to say as your mom, and I am a bit biased, that when I look back to when you were born and reflecting on it today and this, I wish I could go back and tell myself that it's all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Because you are amazing. And yeah. I wish I had, I knew then that it was all going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I would tell myself. We'll say like dealing with anxiety. I was sort of worried of, about this for a weird reason. Like this interview? No, not interview, like cleft palate. Oh. I was never worried about like complications or like how it will affect the future. Out of every which is weird because like out of everything that I would be worrying, that would be the most rational thing to worry about. Yeah. But no, I was worried about meteors striking <laughs> me down. But I don't know, like making it a, a whole a huge mistake that will ruin all relationships, which will probably never happen. Right. You were worried about I was all worried the about other things. All the irrational stuff. I was worried about everything, your future, our future, everything. Mm-hmm. And now I uh, there was nothing to worry about. You're but an that's amazing the thing with worry. Is that yep. most of the time there it's isn't irrational. anything to worry about? There's it's just worrying about what you don't know. Yeah. And um what Bennett didn't say about himself when he introduced himself is not only is he a fantastic reader, a quick reader, he's an excellent student, very intellectual, very smart. He also is a great pianist. 
and he I'm, really loves composing music. I'm not the I'm not the best pianist. Well, I, I'm saying this. I know he loves piano. Are, I, I enjoy should say playing that. it. He enjoys like playing the piano. I like to say that I'm good at it. And He's I think good I'm, at it. I think I'm good at it, but I'm not. I definitely have some people who are really good. That's, oh, those are always going to be people that are better, but he enjoys it, and I enjoy listening to him play it. Mm-hmm. He plays the tuba. He yep. Only in in a certain middle school, and it was I tried baritone first. Yeah, was one of the. It was the easiest instrument to play with a cleft palate. Yeah, which was interesting because one of the things the doctors told me when he was very first born, which keep in mind, they're telling me everything everything they said that, i could never use a straw and they, they learned how like, to do that yeah they won't he won't be able to use a straw so you'll have to figure out sippy cups bennett uses a straw he oh. figured it out yeah um he won't ever play a wind instrument i play he, tuba, he plays which requires more wind right than most other instruments so there were a lot flute, of but he won't he won't he won't and bennett has defied all of those and he not even intending to like just do the wrong just just half, he just figured it out, yeah. yeah. But I, in sixth grade, right before sixth grade, he told me he wanted to do band, and I was like, "Oh, how do we go about this? I don't know if you can even get the wind pressure because without a roof to your mouth." I at first wanted to do saxophone, yeah, but but I have to say, another amazing teacher was the band teacher, and I emailed the band teacher and Mr. said, Vogt. "Mr. Vote, yeah," said, "Hey, I've got a child who really wants to be in band. This is what we got. He's got a cleft. I don't know if he can produce sound. I don't know if he can get enough." air pressure to blow and he's like bring him in tomorrow we'll just test all the instruments and yeah. see what he can make a sound with so we took him in and he tested out everything and baritone i was still and a small weak child and <laughs> i don't think they had it and i was there and i couldn't it weighed tuba, more than him i think the tuba still with its case is about as heavy as me yeah i don't that's probably not true, but so the it smallest feels like kid it. with the biggest instrument, but he was mm-hmm. determined and was able to make the sound I've and had, had awesome remember, teachers I've that had helped to, like, him. Sit on like books and able to like reach the mouthpiece. <laughs> yep, yep. A couple times, like to get it right, but like now I have to like lift the tuba up uh, to get the mouthpiece up to my mouth. I've I've elongated. I'm <laughs> still the same weight, but right. but you're taller, taller now. You're a big tall string bean. Yep. Anyway, so thanks for being here with me today, Bennett. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being you. I love being your mom. I love you being my mom as well. Awesome. We're a good team. Yeah. All right. Let us know, listeners, what have you been reading lately? What questions do you have for Bennett or I? Or have you read Wonder? Have you seen the movie? Um, send us any of your thoughts on this episode. Thanks for listening today. You can send us messages or comments on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. We want to thank Amphibia Zoo for our music. And thank you for all being here today. That's it. So I'm Jamie. I'm Bennett. And this is your book club. (laughs) 